0: We have created the need of a third world war because we forgot the opportunities that we had in the second one. Even though this is the moment with the highest amount of people becoming aware in all human history. Aliens has been coming to this planet since this planet started to become alive.
1: Was there a big event where the mammals on this planet were kind of intersected with an alien?
0: Yeah, there was many times these beings were guided to this planet to sow their seeds. You can only reach God from the third dimension. The main conflicts that we have as humans is that we want to reach a point where it all ends. And we can say, oh, that's it. Maybe it's because we are bound to death. Somehow we think that there is a limit on this. And death is not a limit so that's why in south america central america the traditions of the connection to the spirit is not trying to reach it it's trying to be it. hello
1: beautiful beings welcome back to the know thyself podcast where every single week we get the privilege and opportunity to sit down with a brilliant mind and open heart and see what we can glean from the insights that they've learned in their life to allow us to live a more liberated joyful human experience. My guest today is a very, very fascinating individual. This podcast, we are going to do a deep dive into a lot of the mysterious, mystical side of things in life. And before I even introduce him, and before we get into the interview of this podcast, I I would like to provide a framework and understanding perspective that I personally like to hold anytime I come across somebody else's information that they're sharing about their experience in life. Anytime somebody shares something that is outside of my experience, I do not put it under the label of belief or disbelief. I instead, and this is the invitation for you today, what you hear today and what you listen to and see, see what resonates and what can actually allow you to uh, live a more liberated human experience. What can actually sit with you and, and change the way that you either view reality or the actions that you take in your life to allow you to have a more joyous human experience. Uh, We're going to be diving into a lot of things that are just fascinating to me, and I'm sure a lot of the people that are going to be listening. And so take it with that perspective that we're going to be talking to somebody Um, today that has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and so much insight that is personally very resonant with me. And I feel the truth when I speak to this individual. And I invite you to go on the same exploration with us and to have an open mind as we go into all the various facets of the diamond that we do that we're going to in this conversation today. So first of all, De Stefano is my guest today. I said he's a very fascinating individual and he is very much so because it's not so often you come across somebody that says they can recount and recall all of their past lives. He's somebody that has been able to garner the wisdom from his time on this life and previous to help give us a deeper understanding about the nature of reality and how we can in um, our purpose and what we're here for and how we can go ahead and evolve as souls to self-realize. And those are my words. I would like to actually get them from the man himself. So Matthias, first of all, thank you for being here, my friend.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I'm i really looking forward to this conversation, man. I, I've been able to um, spend some time with you a little bit in Sedona with Aubrey and Blue and the crew and you know, we, uh, had a few masterminds and being able to see the way that you perceive life. And it feels like a lot of times when I was speaking to you in that time around the bonfire, I was asking you some questions back and forth. It feels like a very clear, pure channel in which information and wisdom is coming through almost as if you're not there to (laughs) kind of corrupt it, which for me is a strong barometer of whether or not it's coming from a true place. And so in your words, how would you describe why you feel like you took this human life and you have said, you know, you feel like you're on a mission here and, and you wanted to fulfill it in this lifetime. So can you give us and the listeners some, some kind of context as to what you feel that is?
0: Why I'm here, basically. <laughs> uh, why are you here today? <laughs> why I'm here. Um, well, basically, I, um, I, I'm a rememberer. That's how I perceive myself, um, not only here, but also in other dimensions. Um, but remember, for me, is like the word that summarizes why I'm here. Uh, usually we we use the term to speak about people that remembers past lives or anything from the universe. But actually, remember means to put the members together, uh, which means to connect the parts, the different parts that were separated Basically, my job was to make synapses in the mind of the world and the mind of the cosmos. We all are doing that, but some of us are doing that consciously, others unconsciously, others from the subconscious. So we are all doing that actually, but uh, some of us are doing it in that way. And um, so because this planet has been creating a lot of information, but is all disconnected uh, from one another. So my work with this is to try to connect the dots is basically that so i don't i i say myself i don't know information i don't know uh, about many things but somehow it's my nature to put them together and Mm. try to try to give sense to that Mm. so basically that's my main goal as part of the system and besides that we have many other things
1: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely So connecting the dots and to remember a lot of these things that a lot of us have forgotten or are not able to recall. Um, it's not that I don't feel we have the capacity to, but for some reason you came into this life and since an early age were able to and just had it like secondhand nature, the feeling that you remembered different lives that you lived. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people, that is for sure the vast majority of people, that's not their experience of life. They don't yeah. have recollection of of these past lives. So can you give me and us the texture and a description of like what that experience is like to actually recall a past life, and why you feel like you, for whatever reason, have that gift or access? There
0: are many ways to understand this. Uh, Let's try to pick some. (laughs) Um, So first of all, when I remember my past lives, I was like living this as if it was a memory from a few years ago. So since I was born, um, I wasn't actually remembering, but I could see other beings from other dimensions who were teaching me how to remember or were, were teaching me how to relate with the world and how everything is connected. So for me, we're, they were part of my family. Um, I didn't see them like something different from other dimension. For me, were friends that were helping me to understand this reality. And eventually, when I was 11, 12 years old, I started to... Um, th- they told me, you will start to remember. And actually, it felt like... Uh, with a little bit of headache, but... Um, Like if I was trying to remember everything that I've done a few years ago um, and it was all mixed and all mixed with emotions because all the memories usually comes with the emotion. So I had to learn how to take the emotion away to understand the data on it. That's why I don't usually share much of the actual life of what I was living there because that's me. Um, But what is the useful information from that? And it took me years to be able to separate uh, one thing from the other, even if they are basically together, uh, to try not to put my emotion into the information. So it's basically, it's basically to awake uh, inside through smells, through colors, uh, all the things that I have done in my past lives. But not only past lives, uh, in between two and before that. So eventually, um, it started to be memories from other dimensions, from other worlds, not only this planet. And, uh, and that started to make sense as I was growing up and learning how to put, put all that in a kind of a web. Mm. Um, the thing is that when people say, I remember my past lives, they usually relate to specific moments in time and specific memories that they relate with their own soul. But when you go in a higher or bigger perspective, uh, there is no actual past life. Uh, It's actually you matching with a specific information in the past, uh, which is in another frequency. So we all have past lives. And actually, we all are living right now. That's those past lives. And it's only one organism. It's like if you take a body, And every one of the cells is a person. Mm -hmm. So every person has the same information as the other. Every person has the same data of the entire body. But you have been specified to be part of an organ. So because you are concentrated in doing the job of that organ, you you should not remember what others are doing because otherwise you will be confused. Mm. So that's why we forget or we don't have to remember. It's just because we are specialized in something new. Mm. And uh, some others, like I do, and thousands of others do, but maybe in silence, uh, is to be like the neurons or the the nerve system that communicate to each one of the cells. This is this is the job. This is the job. This is, remember that you have to. Do this, this, this. <laughs> we are like those pulses mm. uh, that reminds the other cells why they are there in those organs. Mm. Um, so that's why some of us remember some others don't mm. um it's just specifications in our organism
1: so many different avenues in which i want to yeah. take this <laughs> 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 um thank you uh first off can you give us an example of like one when, when you were younger where you maybe had a memory or a recollection in an interesting situation you were in and like what that was like, uh, did you express this to your family, parents, teachers, and like, did they think you were crazy? Like, what was what was it like living a human life, operating in this reality, and then getting visions and, you know, visuals of interdimensional beings and things yeah. like that? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I, I the first memory I got was in history class. Uh, a few days before, the beings that I used to see, they told me, you will start to remember this Monday. So that Monday, I have history class, and um, they were the teacher was giving papers, and and when I saw the pyramids, um, it was a white, black, and white uh, color. So um, all copy. And um, when I saw it, I suddenly had a had a headache, and I felt like I was falling in a tunnel, kind of a tunnel within, and suddenly I saw myself in front of the, of the Sphinx. But the Sphinx was a lion, a huge lion. And uh, I could only see one pyramid all covered in white and all the temple in red around me. And it was very different from what I was seeing mm. there. And the whole thing, a lot of plants and colors. Um, and I was there with the, with the body of a woman and with my husband aside. And I was really worried. Mm. That was the first thing that I saw. And uh, and uh, every day that I went to school, something new happened. A new memory. Uh, words, sounds start to happen. So suddenly I got confused. So sometimes I couldn't understand Spanish. Uh, it was like uh, I could only understand another language in my head, uh, which was the Atlantean language. And so... Mm. it got mixed and I started to take notes in atlantean language in school mm. <laughs> so it was it was all mixed uh mixed up and sometimes I forgot about my family who they were because I started to remember many others mm. um so it was very confusing but at home um I grew up in a family that were agnostic so nobody believed in anything and um but they my mom was um, uh, she studied painting so it was all about art and reading books so um, I never read any book but she did a lot so uh, when I started to explain her what was happening uh, everything was like oh what what a rich imagination mm. so uh, she would um, ask me things or make me draw or this kind of thing so I never I was never blocked. Mm. Um, and i had a teacher that used to see the aura so she knew what was happening when it's happening when it was happening to me so mm-hmm. she would come to me and ask me is everything okay you can trust me you can tell me and my friends were also very helpful so i i never really suffered what i what i was having because of the environment mm-hmm. because everyone uh, there was always someone understanding me somehow or helping me or being there for me mm. So I was not alone yeah. like many others have been. Um, but, um, but it was very confusing. Very, I started to mix dimensions not knowing where I was yeah. um, and feeling things that I wasn't like feeling I was dying as a grandfather and missing my grandchild. Yeah. <laughs> so I was 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so these kind of things. And um, it was very confusing.
1: I would assume so.
0: Yes. It's it's confusing for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it took the, years. Yeah. It took years.
1: So yeah, yeah, it took years to sort of make sense that this is very you're having a very unique experience comparatively to the rest of the people around you.
0: Yeah. I I knew that some others were living the same things, but um but everyone around me, well, I I suddenly understood that, oh, this is not normal. Yeah. I thought it was normal for for everyone, like yeah. eventually, something happened like this for everyone. But um, I start to understand, oh, maybe this is not for for everyone. But because I always shared, uh, instead of shutting up, <laughs> I, yeah. I won't say this. I always shared what I was receiving, what I was having inside of me. Um, it opened many doors to other uh, to other of my classmates and 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 friends in the neighborhood to share me their experiences. Like I see some people that aren't there or uh, some memories or some stuff that they had, but they never share with anyone. Mm. So I kind of knew that everyone knew about this. Even when I went to the psychologist, she thought I had schizophrenia. Mm. So she sent me, she wanted my mom to take me to another city to have a treatment Mm. because of that. And uh, many years after, she came after me. She she came to me and she asked me for um, forgiveness <laughs> because <laughs> basically because she said after you many others came mm. and uh, many others with the same memories with the same things, uh, and you were the first one. So now I'm studying how to help them. Mm. You know. So I said, "Yeah, I told you they would come." <laughs> yes.
1: Wow. So. Do you feel as though you chose the mother that was that would be accepting and open in this life, so that you wouldn't be blocked and hindered?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. I I I knew very clearly that I had a mission to accomplish, and that I shouldn't have anything forbidden me for to do it. Mm. And uh, that's why I remember when I, um, uh, when my dad was seven years old, um, I remember being with kind of an angel sitting on a on a wall, staring at him playing with some friends, uh, football. Mm. And um, and she, this being said to me, he's going to be your father. And I said, okay. And he said, but he's not going to be there uh, because you know, your father is the universe. You shouldn't have limitations. Mm. So I met my father with 27 years old.
1: Or for the first time? For or- the first time.
0: wow, For the first time and uh it, it was right the right at the ear when i found my axis and i said this is me mm. so i don't have the the pressure of being like him yeah you know yeah. <laughs> so um, so i always said my father is is the universe mm. i don't have limits <laughs> so and my mom was um, always supportive
1: yeah mm. Before we move on, I'm just very curious in your recollection or understanding of the space in between lives, you're, you're operating in a different reality where it's not the same time space, right? Mm -hmm. So how does, what is the substance of like the energy of who you are and how it carries over over from life to life? Because are there strands of the energy that are like your personality that carries over, but, or do you remember from your time in Egypt, like, how are you the same person yet in a different body do you have different personalities is there just certain characteristics that are unique to you that stay no matter which body you take
0: no they are always different um i'm very different from those people that i used to be Uh um i now i do whatever i have fun i don't even like spirituality Sorry. <laughs> 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 but I get bored with all this. Uh, my past life, the one that I most remember, I was a Christian priest. Uh, so I was so concerned about doing it right and everything and the purpose and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I said, not in this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would have fun in this one. It was too much. Um, and uh, in, in when I was in a uh, woman 12,000 years ago, uh, those are the two lives that I am attached the most. I, I was very different from now, um, very mother, mother. and But the thing is, um, basically, you're not attached to the personality, but you are linked in a certain frequency of understanding. Like the lives I remember, I know I in a certain moment, I got a point of awareness of who i was somehow um but not as me this personality who i was as the being so basically in uh in the atlantan times we were prepared to become one with the everything and that moment uh of of life allowed me to connect to the network of consciousness and and see beyond my personality um so i reach a point of frequency that allowed me to to listen to my higher self um 900 years ago in norway i had the same thing when i got this like i don't know how to call it like um an awakening moment um where i saw myself as something huge and so i started to look for god hmm. um instead of myself but yeah. but i got that moment of acknowledging so that's why those two lives are so important for me because is this life the one that i got that point again when i was 16 mm. or 15 um so i acknowledge my higher self so it was because of that that i can't remember those lives yeah um because we were in the same uh frequency and uh, but i was always different um and um actually, it's all about resonance that you connect with the memory or a being and uh, personalities are just packages of information, tools that you use in a specific moment uh, and they they're then they're dissolved yeah um, they don't they are just a memory, but not something
1: useful, yeah Hello, amazing human. Sorry for the quick interruption. We'll be right back to the episode. If you have been enjoying this podcast or other podcasts that we've been putting out, it really would mean the world if you could take a second out of your day and hit the subscribe button below. We pour a lot of time, energy, and resources to making this show as good as it possibly can be and most supportive for you. And so in our desire to reach as many people as possible, it really goes a long way. If you're on audio, listening on Spotify or Apple, if you leave a five-star rating and follow on that respective app, it would mean the world. Deeply appreciate it. Back to the show. So up until the point where you were 27, you feel like you fully anchored in before you met your father. Mm-hmm. What What was the shift there? Before we move on, I'm just curious, what what shifted for you to like fully know kind of who you are, what you're here to do? And yeah, I'm also curious how up until that point did you validate the truth of your experience that you were actually tapping into like the absolute reality of what was actually happening within you and it mm-hmm. wasn't potentially a mental recreation or some sort of weird you know distortion of thoughts mm. that have happened like but how did you what's the biggest way in which you validated your own experience to be actually real and true and then leading you up to that point when you were 27 what shifted there
0: well i always doubt of myself like i don't i don't have confidence in myself mm. because otherwise i would trust my personality and i don't need to trust my personality it's just a tool and uh, so i'm using the tool um, so I always doubt of everything that I feel, everything that I think, everything that I receive. Uh, and I open myself to validation from myself in the expansion. So people that tells me something that I was expecting for, uh, things happening that shows me this is the right path. So um, instead of saying, I know this is the truth. I say, show me the truth. So, because I don't trust my personality. Mm. So, it's kind of like that. So, me, you, whatever, uh, show me the truth. And uh, and since I discovered that way, um, everything is so easy. Like, uh, everything pops up, like, very easily. Yeah. Um, this is it. This is it. You have to go here. Da, da, da. Yeah. So, um, I basically open myself without thinking much to everything or any possibility that could happen. And everything goes perfectly because I know it's myself, but, uh, ruling myself, but not from the personality. Mm. So when I accomplished that was the moment that I understood, um, I am. So, um, I am, I am a being using Matias, which is my personality, uh, to uh, do a to make a purpose, to accomplish something. And uh, I just set my personality for that. So in that moment, when I was 27, uh, my higher self said, well, now you need to know where you come from, from the other side, so you can complete the balance. So that's why I had to look for my father's history. Hmm. Th- that's why I looked for him. But um, it was basically when I... When I understood that I didn't need anybody to be in the center.
1: yeah, So
0: I could go for it.
1: Is there one specific memory that you feel like is most pivotal for you to understand and have remembered to then come to this time in the generation that we're living in, in terms of how you can support shaping humanity in the direction that we're going so is there a specific piece of wisdom or insight that you learn from a specific memory that is most applicable to today's time and how we can uh course correct essentially
0: <laughs> well uh 12, years ago when i was living in uh egypt let's say um you would call it what back then chem. uh chem chem yeah um so in Kem, um, the 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 culture was all designed in order to help us become gods. So we are born as humans, but we must be gods. So um, it was not that we were worshiping gods; we were we were worshiping the aspects of the divine that we are yet to discover. So um, we had to discover them through initiatic path every year. We have to set on proof of, of that. So one of the things that I got from there is the constant uh, look for, you know, the the constant, the constant uh, seek of something that is within, uh, which is the I am, and how to refer everything to the I am, like the light, what is the light? Question what is the light until you understand that you are the light. Mm. Question the darkness until you understand you are the darkness. Question this and that until you understand you are that. Um, so it was all about questioning, questioning, and questioning until the last question was, Who am I? And uh, when you find that answer, you say, I am the tree. I am the dark. Mm. I am the light. I am. So um, I guess that uh, that very ancient proves that very ancient path that they taught us to do in that moment is very useful for our time because we are entering in a mirror time. Um, We were taught about this in the age of Leo 12,000 years ago. So the age of Leo was all about yourself, me. I am the ruler. I'm God. So it was all a preparation to be that, the lion. Um, and now we are entering Aquarius, which is, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I am myself, I am weird, mm-hmm. um, I don't care about what others do, but just do something, don't bother me. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's like um, Aquarius, so it's again coming to me, uh, to I have to validate what is mine and, and to recognize my inner power. That's the Aquarius thing. So I guess that the teachings of the I am that we received in that moment are very useful. Um, All the things that I remember from the schools that we had in that time are very useful for now, but in a different way, because in that time it were like a school. You have to learn, you have to accomplish something. And now it's more like we have to share, we have to connect. Um, So it's a different kind of doing it, but it's the same purpose, which is, Reinforcing the the concept of the I am, mm. um, which we we have been trying to do it in a different ways during all this time, these ten thousand years or eleven thousand years that just happened, but it was all according to different points of view. Mm. Um, so I guess those teachings um, are very useful. Now,
1: do you feel that it's possible? in our time on earth to create like this utopian unity consciousness or is this third dimensional reality that we're living in specifically meant for us to come here and for lack of a better term work our shit out
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes no the utopia is a dream and because it's a dream it will always be a dream and it's not something it's not a goal actually we have been living through utopia Because we were in Pisces, the era of Pisces, 2,000 years of what it would be if our dreams come true. Uh, And no dreams came true because Pisces is just dreams. (laughs) So, um, And we kept that idea of uh, this planet to be like this beautiful place. And no, this planet is for evolution, transformation, and the process of learning. It's not to settle um like in a peace place Uh, this place will always find a way to find a conflict Mm. to teach you something that's what this planet is all about um so um i used to say i'm not here to help humanity to find peace i'm here to help
1: the planet to find harmony harmony within the the conflict right because that's going to be constant a constant yeah
0: conflict order conflict order is a wave. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's like saying, uh for example, all life exists because of tides in the ocean. If it wouldn't be because of the tides, there's no life. So imagine if you gain peace, there's no tides because there's no movement. There's no ups and down. If you don't have a wave in the frequency of life, there's no improvement. There's no acknowledgement, there's no wisdom, there's no love, there's no evolution, there's nothing. There's no life, yeah. it's just still. So when you have that feeling of a world of peace, um, it's basically against life. Uh, what we have to find is not peace or utopia, Is harmony. And when you find harmony, the conflicts are not against peace. War is not against peace. It's just a conflict that if you understand the conflict, it becomes a tool. So war is not needed. Fight is not needed because you are, you are understanding the conflict. So I guess that we are so concerned of erasing conflicts to find peace, light, enlightenment, yeah. that we're creating more conflicts.
1: Do you see the multiple timelines that are available to like the human species right now on Earth? For example, mm-hmm. there's, we could be very well facing a various, various different cataclysmic events from bombing ourselves to, uh, to the multitude of different things that could happen that could end the human species as we know it. Or oh, yeah. there's other timelines available to us now. Do you f- w- is there a timeline that you feel like humanity is strongly most strongest on right now? And strong
0: as that as what do you mean?
1: Like uh what timeline we're currently on right now? Do you feel like we are heading in the direction of humanity and this human species uh moving towards extinction or towards some sort of traumatic experience that then becomes a catalyst to a, a higher way of, of being?
0: That one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, that
0: one. We are we have created uh the need of a, of a third world war. Um why? because we forgot the opportunities that we had in the second one, Mm. um, which was to become aware of ourselves. Uh, But it's been a good improvement. Um, um, But even though we are still creating that uh, reality, which I call the plan C. (laughs) So uh, the plan A was supposed to be done in the 20s, But um, and it worked kind of, but um, uh, eventually, every time that we accomplish a good moment of evolution, it's like if we uh, got stuck in that idea. Instead of understanding the conflicts, we started to fight the conflicts. So that creates the need of a huge conflict again, um, to face the reality. Uh, that you shouldn't fight for for peace or something like that. So right now we are in a moment that humanity is asking for a huge conflict Mm -hmm. because we are still fighting to one another, uh, not understanding the importance of of the process we are living in. So I wouldn't be really concerned about um, a conflict coming uh, which is obvious uh, I would be much more concerned about what we are going to do after mm. like are we gonna repeat the same thing
1: right so if it's not integrated in if August
0: it's 7th. not integrated it would be a fourth and you know yeah. um so even though this is the moment with the highest amount of of people becoming aware in all human history. Even if if you can notice that (laughs) um, when you see the whole history, this is the moment with the highest level of consciousness, meaning that we need a higher level of conflict. Mm. So um, that's where we are now. And it will be transcendental. Um, But we have to integrate technology for that. And uh, to understand our own technology, which is our bodies. Uh, This new age is all about technology and all about changes. So it won't be a moment where you say, oh, I'm in peace. This is Aquarius. (laughs) So um, we will have to to innovate all the time the ways we see things.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It sounds like when you speak to harmony in the conflict peace kind of sine wave of life it's like our ability to to ride the wave and like be the surfer of the wave will determine if we can actually have a pleasant experience amongst the chaos amongst the ups and the downs Mm -hmm. and so is that do you feel like a big part of your dharma kind of like reason for being here is helping people and uh the individuals that like are listening to your message to ride the wave of life and to uh wake up to their own light
0: yeah we remember that we are working here for harmony And that what we are doing is not for humanity. Actually, humanity is just a moment of evolution of the planet Earth. Um, We are actually cells in a planet that is alive. So Mm. it's like if you go inside your body and you listen to the neurons saying, we are important, we are important. (laughs) Uh, Everything we do is just for us. And uh, if you don't have intestines... It doesn't matter if you think, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, so you have to take care of the flora and fauna of the intestines in order to have the right energy for the blood to flow and to feed the cells. And, and the heartbeat needs to be harmonious in order for you not to have a heart attack. Yeah. But it, you need a, a you need heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You need pulse within, pulse outside constantly in order to move that energy. So, humans are not the important cells of this planet.
1: Oh, people aren't going to like to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am sorry. (laughs) It depends where you're at, Gerdy. Yeah. Uh,
0: We are just an evolutionary expression of a planet that is becoming aware of itself.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, so, basically, all the cells, the new cells that we are coming to this planet, we are coming for the planet. Mm. And it turned out to be that humans was this chosen species to do that, but it can be octopus. So <laughs> if, if, we, if we get extended, it, it would just take a few millions of years to get a new one. <laughs> so um, hmm. so what I'm, why I'm saying this, <laughs> <laughs> to take the weight out of us, like saying humans must do this or that, mm-hmm. we just have to take care of balance which is we are the cells that are aware of conflicts. Other cells are not aware of conflicts. They are just reactionary. And we are the ones that can say, oh, wait, this is not that good. This is better. We are the only ones able to do that choice. So it's like right now the planet is like a being with schizophrenia, like uh, many personalities fighting to one another, So, but that's a common process of a teenager that is trying to figure out who he wants to be, Mm. you know. So, we have to take a look into the planet like that teenager Mm. um, or that pube that uh, that has 13 years old and has the conflict of, I want to live with my mom or my dad or I want to be like this or that, I want to work like that or don't work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this kind of personality fighting with the friends. Um, or having a lot of friends and a lot of loves. Um, so we are in that moment now. So when we acknowledge that, um, that we are here for Earth, we will know that we are all here to keep the balance and we are not to try to enlighten ourselves. Um, enlightenment is just the acknowledging process that you are light, not to become light. And I think that for thousands of years, people were reaching the light for mainly one reason, and it's biological. And it's when we were cells in the bottom of the ocean and we were filling up the bottom of the ocean, we needed somehow find a new way to produce energy, and we found photosynthesis or eating those who are producing photosynthesis, are doing the process of photosynthesis. So we start to follow the sun. And from the darkness going to the light, in our first cells, we have that memory of follow the light. Mm. And since that moment, we have created all this idea of we have to become light. We have to go to the light. We have to, um, when we were hungry, yeah, and we were mammals, we were following the east, we were following the sun because the sun was guiding us, making plants grow. So if we follow the father in the horizon, the sun will show us, you know. So these kind of things had led us to an idea that we have to enlighten ourselves and that the goal is to follow the light. Yeah. But that's just in this planet. If you go to Sirius, we had two sons there. <laughs> it's <laughs> like... We don't care to follow the sun Mm. um, or other planets with many other suns. So um, this is a very human thing of following the light. And when you are following the light, trying to escape from the dark, from the night, you are just creating more shadows. Mm. Uh, And that imbalance that we are creating by trying to escape the reality that we have created by ourselves is the one that is creating more conflicts. So that's why the goal that we have, those who can remember and feel, is to remember us all that we are here for harmony, to try to find that movement that allows the conflicts to become part of the solution. Um, And uh, that's a constant in this planet. Mm. So there's no
1: end. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I think that just provides a lot of context and eases to, uh, you know, the, I guess this illusion that we're striving for some utopian civilization, but to like, you speak, like you're speaking to find harmony in the process of realizing who we are, that we are light and in the constant forgetting and remembering of ourselves to, 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 like I said, to kind of work our shit out on a, on a micro level and a macro level. I love the, kind of image you put towards the human species as a whole is very much so adolescent in our development. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a miracle that we haven't destroyed ourselves already. <laughs> We've made it this far is, is quite, is quite amazing. Yeah. Also what you describe is like how we are all cells to the planet as its own being. Can you walk us through, I'm curious if you have like the, the understanding from the micro to the macro of humans as individual kind of energy cells towards a planetary celestial body and does the planetary earth uh, contribute to a larger body and does that keep on going into what huge
0: things (laughs) the the planet earth is just a cell inside an organ that we call the milky way and uh, there are many other organs because the our galaxy is basically another cell inside another organ, another system, and it keeps on going. And eventually it stops going through space and starts going through time. And that creates a toroid. And the toroid creates new bodies, new shapes. So it's so huge that is eternal. And uh, it goes so big that eventually it reaches an atom. From within, mm. so it's uh, it's it's difficult to describe the limits of it because it's it's a constant. Mm. Um, so the cell is just another human in a vast extension of other living beings, and when you see it that way, suddenly the humans become just like the um, chemical components of the DNA inside a cell that is Earth. And suddenly the Earth becomes just a particle in an atom of the galaxy. Mm. And it keeps going on and on. So there are thousands, millions of planets with awareness, thousands, millions of planets with life that are doing the same process, creating awareness of the planet, trying to understand who they are, part of the bigger being. So we are just a few one of those thousands and billions of planets that are doing the same process like Earth. Damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not special. <laughs> yeah, no, I just really love that understanding. <laughs> my uh, my thought is so like the planetary being having an awareness. Do is it awareness in the context that we can understand it, or like, are like does the awareness lead to choices that, for example, larger celestial beings actually are making and. In- the direction or is it in a level of awareness that we just simply can't comprehend? Not yet. Yeah.
0: Not yet. It's it's too big. Yeah. The, and it's too big. So, so big. The understanding that the only way you can reach it is by void. Mm. Because the understanding of the whole, you can only understand it without polarity because the system of polarity is the one that helps you to manifest. To create, but not to understand. Mm. So that's why when we try to understand through polarity, we usually get in conflict and create something new. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we have to reach unity to understand the process. And to reach unity, you need to get the void of all duality, which is the concepts of polarity. Polarity is the creator itself making stuff to experience, and duality are the concepts that we get from, those, from that polarity. So when you have to get, kind of read from duality to understand polarity. And once you understand the real polarity, you have to go to void. And when you reach the void, you kind of get the understanding of the whole being that is trying to do something. But then it's impossible to translate. Right. Because when you translate it, you need positive and negative to transmit it. So um, you can only understand it. That's why the biggest masters that you can have on all times uh, are those who just smile and just transmit something that you cannot comprehend. Mm-hmm. But just they smiling and sitting there changes everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way in which you can understand that is not with words. I I came here to explain stuff, but I cannot transmit that. Mm. That's a job for someone that just
1: smiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Mm. I think one of the one of the most profound things in helping and supporting people understand the vastness of of what they don't know is your understanding and explanation of our nine dimensional reality, because. Mm-hmm. We operate in a very, especially in the West, very logical left brain way of understanding and reducing things down. But-
0: uh, We need to put layers. Yeah. Levels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the if you could, uh, we don't have to spend the rest of the podcast doing this, but if you can kind of give us- Summarize it. <laughs> it's, it's it's hilarious. Kind of be asking you to summarize and give me the spark nose version of the nine dimensional reality. <laughs> it's, Do it in uh, one minute. The elevator pitch for the nine. <laughs> there was um,
0: once in the TV that they they told me, "Can you tell me in one minute what is the universe?" <laughs> and I said, "I rather shut up." And I just said <laughs> anything. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah,
1: take the time yeah. that you, that you that you want. Um, but uh, I think it's important to give context also for those. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah. Uh, first of all, to understand dimensions are not realms. And sometimes we do that, com- that that confusion. We have that that conflict. When we say first dimension and we and some people say oh, the the minerals, no, no no. Uh, they're not realms and they are not divided. A dimension is basically the word dimension means a measurement of two. So, something that divides in two, so you can measure two sides. That's a dimension mm-hmm. in Latin. So, what is a dimension? It's a measurement of two points of view. Meaning that every dimension is just a measurement of only one thing, that you are just dividing once and again, once and again, once and again, to get the understanding of it. Um, so, it's basically something that we call Science science means uh, the word science means to cut yeah so um so your the dimensions are cutting stuff so you can get it so you can understand so basically the first dimension is the measurement of the one understanding that everything is only one thing and there's uh, there's only one reality that you can only measure by the amount of one it doesn't matter what it is It doesn't have any perspective, it's just one, unity. So that same thing also can be seen from two perspectives, which is positive and negative. This positive and negative creates the polarity that manifests two options of the unity called time and space. So through time and space, the unity will be expressed. When time and space collapse to one another, they create the third one, which is the option of experiencing a third different point of that only unity. So it's basically the unity staring at itself and experiencing itself. Um, Then you have the fourth dimension, which is the frequency in which that thing is happening, meaning time. So the fourth dimension is basically how many times this is happening, uh, when it's going to be repeated, you know, so uh, basically the fourth dimension is the, the, the process of the experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, as the, As the only one thing starts to spin, mm-hmm. that spinning is the fourth dimension. Then the awareness of that spinning is the fifth dimension, where all the data that you are living is recorded. The sixth dimension is, oh, now that I am aware of this, I can transform it into something different so i can use the awareness of the fifth dimension the spinning of the fourth dimension the experience in the third dimension and the polarity in the second dimension to transform the first dimension Mm. so that's the sixth dimension and once you get the transformation of that you you become enlightened because you understand that you are god you are transforming your own reality that's the seventh dimension the place where we call where the archangels live, um, which basically they are not beings with wings, is is actually a, uh, sounds resounding so so hard that covers the entire universe, mm. um, and is the resonance, the vibration of the understanding of the whole uh, through times and space, mm. and when that expansion from the seventh dimension gets to. Uh, Converge to itself creates the eighth dimension which is eternity so eternity is that every being is living everything and you can perceive every timeline and every line every possible reality Uh, which brings you to the complete understanding of every one of the parts and that's the ninth dimension which is the divine so the the ninth dimension is the i get it i am And the ninth dimension takes you to the oneness again, Mm. the first dimension. But this time, because it's a new cycle, we call it the tenth. And the second dimension will be eleven. Got it. And the third dimension will be twelve and Mm -hmm. so on. So it's a recreation of itself once and again. But it can be explained in many different ways. Mm. So. That's a summarizing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You did great. <laughs> Thank <Amazing>. you.
1: <laughs> the difference between the ninth and the first, again, how, what is the difference? Because they sounded very similar. It's like, is it like the, the one oro-baro? dimension
0: doesn't have con- consciousness of itself. Okay. Simply is. In the ninth dimension, it has awareness. The ninth dimension is, oh,
1: I am. I am that I am.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Got it. Oh so <laughs> it's a
0: lot it's, it's, it's difficult to get there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the thing is that also to understand this is not that you have to go from one dimension to another to reach the ninth mm. the only way you can reach the ninth is through the sixth and the third so the ninth dimension can be only comprehend by the ability to transform sixth dimension the third dimension which mm. is the matter so you can only reach god from the third dimension Hmm. there's no way to reach God from the second or the fourth or the eighth. The only way to reach it is by living in the third dimension. And that's why all the beings need to create an experience in order to assimilate all the other dimensions. And when they reach to transform from the sixth dimension, the third dimension, you become God. Hmm. You become the creator. That's why it's not like you are in the third dimension and you have to go to the fourth dimension I've heard many people saying, we are going to the fifth dimension. No, we are not going because it's a dimension. It's not a place. Mm-hmm. So you never go to the fifth dimension. You understand the, third dimen- the fifth dimension from the th- third dimension. You just simply change your perspective of who you are. That's how you change dimensions. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you leave the third to go to the fifth.
1: Mm. Are they like spheres encompassing one another?
0: It's the same thing. Uh, it's, the, it's just like if you have one only thing and you're doing this yeah is is that's not different layers you can you can try to understand it as layers. your mind will try to put it in a, in a way that you can understand it right like oh, like layers of the earth not exactly is it's like. All at once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: What are the, I heard you speak to the four stages of the processes of the realization. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that and how that pertains to the understanding of the dimension? That's
0: the fourth dimension, which is the process of the whole thing. Every being in existence needs to go through these four stages, which is uh, expression, experimentation, integration, and transcendence. And it doesn't have to be very philosophical. Uh, an expression is just a spark. Experimentation is the fire and the burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, integration is ashes yeah. and, again, a spark. And um, transcendence. and transcendence is uh, the heat. So uh, that's a way of transcend. Yeah. It's like before you burned, but now you are giving heat to someone or enlightening someone that needed the fire Mm. so transcend is go beyond your shape or what you can do and become a part of someone else
1: Mm.
0: so that's uh how would be the process for example for the fire yeah Uh, the water does you know solid liquid this different states so in a person's life it's about do something creative or do something whatever an action And experience that and then integrate what you have learned from that. And then transcend would be to let go so others can do something new with that. Mm. Um, So uh, it depends. But the process is constantly that. Yeah.
1: How does understanding the nine dimensions and what we just spoke to, how does actually uh, starting to wrap in our own limited way that we even can try to understand the nine dimensions, how does that support us in our life? Like, How is that helpful to us?
0: Well, practically nothing <laughs> is like useless sometimes <laughs> in our daily life. Uh, but what can really help us to understand is that there, there is no other. Like everything is just a reflection of only one thing. And in our daily lives, it can help us to understand that there's no separation. So we can always change our point of view. Mm. We can always learn from someone different. And that difference won't be someone apart from us. Mm. It will be just a different aspect that we are not able to see because of our personality. And we need someone else to show us that perspective because that person can see from the other side. Mm. So um, I guess that the understanding of dimensions is not to go to those dimensions, but to to understand that, that everything is working for only one thing. And there's no others. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it stopped taking our own perspective, I guess, so seriously. It, uh, it helped kind of melt the illusory nature of separation that we hold so strongly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's something natural, uh, mainly in mammals, that we have, that, that we try to survive and protect what we think we are Yeah. so we can survive as long as we can. So that's why anything that could be different for ourselves is an illness. Mm. It's a virus that can kill us. So that's why we shield, we protect ourselves and, 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 and we say, no, this is my point of view and this is the truth. And that's okay if you live through the unconsciousness. Mm. Uh, when you live through the unconsciousness, it's all about survival and following the flow. Um, that would be unconsciousness. Uh, and it's not bad. Actually, the unconscious of the universe is the one that uh, enables the energy to flow. So the huge, big movements of people is unconscious. And that's the thing that enables to create, to manifest. Mm. So it's not something bad to be unconscious. Um, uh, it's useful for the universe. Uh, but if you are trying to be aware or conscious, so um, that thing of trying to protect your point of view is very dif- difficult. Yeah. Because uh, there's no one point of view
1: yes okay
0: yeah
1: i like i like this thread that we're going on right now uh, because i am extremely fascinated in everything that we're talking about and for the listeners i love grounding it in things that can you know kind of be Mm take-homes into how they can perceive reality different or even if it's just a seed that's planted within someone's consciousness of a new way of of seeing things that can be very liberating so i think the conversation is while very fascinating and intriguing for a lot of people, also having some of these kind of practical things that we can bring it back down to earth, so to speak, mm-hmm. can be very helpful. Um, one of the hermetic principles and understandings is, is to escape the pains of the lower planes you operate on the higher ones. And so as we understand that we are vibrational beings and, we, you know, in spiritual communities, especially you come into like the new age thing on YouTube and like you first start hearing about spirituality, you hear raise your vibration, you yes. know? Yes. And so in many ways, to have these higher understandings, we have to raise our vibration. What does that mean? How do we do it?
0: Okay, first, raise your vibration doesn't mean to get out from the lower vibration. It means to rise up the lower vibration. What this means, that usually we commit the mistake of saying, this is all low vibration for me. Mm -hmm. I have to live in a very high vibration, so I have to get out from this and to be there in the spirit. Well actually there's uh, a the system is a closed system uh of the uh, the universe is basically um a closed system meaning that as higher as as higher you go up uh the faster you go down mm. <laughs> so um there's no going up without going down mm. uh at the same sp- uh, at the same
1: speed uh so very much like a tree can't the roots can't go the branches can't go higher if the roots don't go to you.
0: Exactly it can yeah. fall down, yeah and die very mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't recommend to enlighten that fast <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, unless you you really understood your shit. <laughs> so, um, so what's the rush? <laughs> <laughs> what's the rush? Yeah, <laughs> basically, uh, basically the low vibration is the one that holds you in existence, mm. and the high vibration is the one that uh, expands you to any existence. So if you just ha- uh, go to the high vibration. You will expand, but it won't be any um, easy for you to manifest. Mm. So, um, is this again, why a lot
1: of people in the spiritual communities who try to vibrate higher like broke and like don't seem to be doing very well physically here in this exactly? Interesting.
0: Yes, okay. because um, because of course in the fifth dimension. It's perfect, but in the fourth, in the third dimension, you have to eat, right. <laughs> you have to <laughs> sleep. Um, and some people forget about that. And uh, this is because of religion. Religion has settled in our minds the idea that we have to go away from our bodies, we have to rise our vibration to reach heaven. Uh, but uh, that idea got stuck in us in different kinds of philosophies. And uh, we, We forgot the main concept of all this, uh, which is in nature. Nature is the best explanation of how the universe works. And we just created an idea that is fake, uh, trying to escape from nature. And um, when you see a plant, the first thing that a plant does, roots. Go deep and deep because in the darkness, you find the minerals to absorb, the water, the emotion to absorb. And with that, you produce something, this glucose, that creates something that we call love. And that love is the the links that you expand to everyone around. And that's the branches. So you create your center, you expand your branches with love, and you open yourself to receive information through the leaves, the lights. So you receive the light, what for? To create something, a project. The project is called fruit. So you create the fruit, but the fruit is not the goal. The goal of the fruit is to nourish the seed. Mm. And where the seed goes? Down. Down mm-hmm. to the ground, to the darkness again, mm-hmm. to create a new tree. Yeah. So the whole project of reaching the light is just to go back to the darkness. And nature shows you that in a very beautiful way <laughs> all the time. And we are just trying to escape. Mm. Like um, uh, those plants that just flotate and go from one branch to another, that those are parasites. <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> so, because <laughs> they are living from the, from the life of others. So um, if you want to be a tree, the tree of life in the universe must be a balance. A balance between both sides. So what is to rise your vibration is basically to to allow yourself to transform constantly in that process. Mm. To evolve, to transform. Not to get stuck in the same pattern all the
1: time. Yeah, not to be attached to who you have been.
0: Exactly. So uh, when we talk about rising your vibration is, is not to leave something behind is to understand it in a different way so you can use it properly. Mm. Um, and that would be rising your your vibration. Uh, is open, expand your mind to understand different options of why you have to live this darkness or why you have this problem or uh, uh, these kind of things. Because usually problems, darkness, uh, bad experiences are the minerals, the salts that you need to grow up. Mm. Uh, so... When we go deep into the darkness to try to understand it, we can figure out the nourishment of that uh, of of what we needed to reach the light. You know, a tree only grows because of what is in the soil. Yeah. Um, so um, that's rising your vibration is to change your perspective, to open yourself to new understandings of who you are, of why do you live this reality. And how can you use this reality to improve, to evolve, mm. and not to get stuck in the same point of view all the time? Mm. That's why it's good not to get stuck with only one philosophy yeah. in life. You have to open, and uh, sometimes it's good to go and and pray in a mosque, uh, to go and pray like a Christian, to go and and do I don't know Buddhism uh, or just do ayahuasca. Uh, you know this kind of different perspectives so you can open the tree yeah which is the actual goal
1: right the process is from the roots to the tree to the seed then back to the roots is Mm -hmm. like knowing itself at deeper deeper levels from different perspectives which is partly why i wanted to name the show know thyself it's it's because i feel like it's why we're all here it's like the purpose of our being is to continue to know ourselves Mm -hmm. and in that process of evolution and reincarnation and all of it
0: yeah I, I think that one of the the main conflicts that we have as humans is that we want to reach a point mm. where it all ends and we can say, oh, that's it. Yeah. And um, um, maybe it's because we are bound to death and uh, somehow we think that there is a limit on this. And death is not a limit. Suddenly you just figure out, oh my gosh, this keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like constant. So... Um, Um, So we are always looking for going to a place where we are going to be safe. And this is, again, something that my higher self once explained to me. Um, He he told me uh, all people is looking for a paradise because they think that that's the highest level where you can be in peace and harmony. And he said, do you know what a paradise means? He said, it's a Persian word that means walls. Mm. What? (laughs) paradise is basically a block garden where there's a pond of water Mm. so plants grow there and a group of people build a wall to protect it so if anybody comes there they cannot steal the food but if you are allowed to go in through the door then you will have food, water and peace because you are running in the middle of the desert so The paradise is only a Middle East tradition of trying to reach a pond (laughs) behind a wall. Interesting. Uh, But if you are in the Amazon, no problems with that. (laughs) So, you know, the paradise is everything. There is no paradise because you are connected to everything. Everything is giving you everything. Yeah. Uh, So, you don't have to run to, to find food. Right. The food is there. Yeah. So, that's why... the. In South America, Central America, the traditions of the connection to the spirit is not trying to reach it. It's trying to be it. Mm. Um, so it depends on the traditions you were you were in. But because the Middle East was the basis of all the cultures that became globalization, uh, the main religions and stuff, ourselves had that thing of when this is going to end. I have to reach the paradise or the fifth dimension, let's call it. A place where I could rest and I have everything and I have to rise my vibration so the doors can be open to me and the portal. Right. Blah, blah. And it's all traditions from the Middle East. For sure. (laughs) Yeah.
1: A lot of times individuals distorting information in order to be the middleman between you and the divine in order to control and have the safety and solace and comfort of this idealized version of paradise. But then there's no expansion, adventure, diving into the unknown.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Politics. (laughs) Politics. <laughs> politics. politics
1: politics i'm i'm very interested in ancient civilizations and particularly uh, your thoughts on the origin of the human species right there's the scientific understanding of evolution from a single-celled organism into into the human being but i'm mm-hmm. curious do you feel or in your experience has there been extraterrestrial intervention along the process of the human evolution in which maybe there has been some sort of genetic um, encoding swapping happening or I'll just kind of leave that open-ended to you because I'm (laughs) curious to to see what comes up.
0: And not only humans. Uh, Plants, animals, many things. Mm. Um, Aliens has been coming to this planet since this planet started to become alive when the Earth started to produce its own evolution, they were coming and sowing some seeds of their DNA or plants from their planets and stuff that changed the environment. Uh, um, They took us like uh, like, um, this Noah's Ark. Um, They used to do that with planets becoming aware, so it could be an expansion. It's like the trees... Trying to spread their pollen the farthest as they can, uh, so they could reach more much more territory, or the insects flying to new trees and stuff. So it's again nature, but projected into the galaxy <laughs> and the cosmos. Um, so they are like bees or insects going to one planet okay. to another, putting the seeds. Um, and this has been happening since the very beginning, that's why we kind of notice it. Mm. Uh, When there were only 10 types of plants in this planet, someone came and put another one. Yeah. And now we have millions, billions of different plants, and we cannot notice that some of them came from another world. Yeah. They just become part of this. Um, The same happened with us. So throughout history, they have come here many times and... They never left, actually. They also lived here. They tried to settle a civilization here. The planet was transforming, so they understood this planet is always about constant change. So they had to figure out a way um, to use the system of this planet for them to keep living. And because they are like eternal beings, uh, some of them, um, they needed to transcend themselves into beings that can die faster. So they can evolve faster. So that's why mammals um, and uh, us eventually, um, mm. and they have come sometimes to guide that process that they have so from very far away.
1: Yeah. Has there been a specific uh, like large intervention? I'm I'm fascinated with the Melchizedek lineage and their mm-hmm. un- an understanding of anunnaki coming in merging with uh early primates and kind of creating the human species i think that's a very fascinating understanding Mm -hmm. i'm curious what your thoughts are on that and also um leading into egypt which we'll go into in a a second with the hall of amenti and this kind of flame of consciousness that the the, the understanding from the what i've studied from from that and the flower of life and Mm -hmm. um so yeah what what is your perspective on like was there a big Event where the mammals on this planet were kind of intersected with an alien DNA.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was many times, but um, mainly in there was a moment where these beings were guided to this planet to sow their seeds. So it was not a mistake. It was not that they came here to control us. The, their planet was was dying. And they wanted to transcend, so they they weren't expecting to live longer in this world, so they had to leave their lineage in our blood, so eventually they 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 reproduce with us, and that created like the expansion of the of humanity as the species we know it today because if it wouldn't be because of them, we would be like gorillas or something like that, yeah. still. Mm. Um, it was because of them that we became what we are. And um, that's why we have their culture and their understanding of, of things. But we have always, we should always remember that we are Earth, that we are part of this planet, and we have been intervened by others, but the evolution came from this world. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just put in some parts of them in us. And uh, uh, Anunnaki basically are the sons of the skies on earth. That's what it means. Um, so they came from the skies and they settle here and they start to create their own civilization through us so they could survive um, before they were, they disappeared. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why where to go with the story yeah. <laughs> but uh that's the kind of big yeah. picture yeah. of why they came here
1: i guess while we're on the topic of kind of the origins of the human species i'm i'm curious about your time and your recollection with atlantis so mm-hmm. what what time frame was atlantis occurring and what was the technology that was available to us at that point in time and what happened during the fall
0: according to my memory um, Atlantis uh, people started to exist like 20,000 years ago, but not as a civilization. Um, the civilization of Atlantis actually grew uh, during the Virgo era, so 15,000 years ago, approximately. So, in that period of time, humans started to design uh, with other beings from other places the the structure of the civilization that they got and they understood the world. They understood that we were part of the world. So they started to follow the technology of the planet. So they understood that information was, um, was moved through the plants but was recorded on stone. So they were following the plants and taking the stones and through sound basically building the information so the technology that they used was related to the mountains the stones and frequency vibration um it was taught by others and from other dimensions or and other planets and but mainly humans understood how to do it um so that's was that was the main technology that we had at that time um that made the network of temples and pyramids to create kind of a machine, uh, like the planet was a machine, to communicate through different times and spaces. So all the pyramids were connected to certain constellations, and when they were connected, uh, you could see, download, and communicate with different planets. It was like a stargate the the entire planet. Um, When... The the age of Virgo ended and started Leo. Each one of the territories started to say, "This is my time." Because of that, the network started to break, and one of the parts tried to control the others by fear of, "No, we have to keep it to keep this going," mm-hmm. and uh, that brought wars and the disconnection and the mistrust. You know they. They were not trusting each other. And so that broke the network because in order for all that to work, every individual in the population needed to have a preparation to be connected like a beehive. Mm. And when they start to, to, uh, to blame to one another, not trusting one another, so uh, the whole system collapsed. And uh, because the system collapsed, it brought a big change of weather too. So it was the end of the last glaciation and that uh, made the big flood and what people remember is about the the coast and the cities being flooded um, mm-hmm. by earthquakes and and the melting of the ice in the north. Mm-hmm. And that was the end. Um But the aliens, um, they weren't much in contact with us like for 2,000 years. So um, they only came sometimes to say some things to certain people and they just left. Uh, They knew that the process of this connection wouldn't allow them to sustain their connection with the planet. So until the connection is not done again, they cannot be in touch with us again. Mm. so that probably will take us these 2,000 years Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. so I mean according to the Akashic records all information that ever was and will be is present to us, available to us in this moment so Mm -hmm. that information and the access and the wisdom to the technology that they had and prior civilizations had before are we not able to access it in this time and why wouldn't we be able to if we have individuals that are able to tap into that knowledge of how things operated then
0: oh yeah yeah of course you can access that and there there were people accessing that well tesla you know this kind of people they they could access to how to do it how to manifest it Uh, but you need a huge amount of people connected to the same idea in order to make it possible Mm. um so you can download information but it won't be effective until group uh holds it um and uh also, there are certain information that is locked because of the resonance of the planet. So, if most of the people are vibrating in low in a low frequency, uh, so there is high frequency information that cannot be heard. Yeah, it's like a radio station. Mm. So um, you have to at least a few millions of people to tune the right frequency in order to listen that.
1: It seems like, and it sounds like, you've been doing somewhat of this in your own group settings in Egypt at the pyramids mm-hmm. and these group activations. How? What's been your journey over the past few years, being guided to get larger groups together? And for a year straight, you were at the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you tell tell us a little bit about your journey in that time, and what do you feel like you're actually activating um, in these in these moments?
0: Well, as I said before, I am a rememberer, so. I help people remember the information, uh, but also my work is to remember parts of the planet that are... I I, I call myself like an electrician. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like going and tuning something and mm. putting a cable and then I leave. <laughs> so um, I don't care about the information that flows through. Uh, that's other people's job of downloading it. My concern is for them to be connected. So... Is like connecting the cables for the internet to flow and
1: a nerd will download it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's such an unsexy... Electrician is like such an unsexy way of saying it. I feel like you deserve a better title. <laughs> <laughs> Intergalactic supernova, super connector. Yeah, I know. Warlord. Electrician. Electrician. <laughs> electrician. Okay. Um, I love the yeah. humility in it.
0: <laughs> uh, so... What I've been doing was um, because of what I remember from from twelve thousand years ago of the places that we used to use. Um, they they also move. They are not stuck. In this planet is always moving, and it it's related to the north pole, the magnetical north pole. So the magnetical north pole has shifted um, throughout thousands of years, and it's not located in the same spot. Meaning that the connections that we have now are in different locations than they were before so the pyramids today they are great machines but they are not located where the magnetical field is Um, so that's why they are not that powerful they are powerful of course uh, because they are located in certain places of the planet that will always uh, bring back the the frequency but uh, some of the nodes now are in parts that uh, there's nothing. (laughs) Mm. So um, what I've been trying to do is to explain to people about those notes and go to some of them and try to tune the old information to the new one. So, okay, Egypt was the axis of the world for thousands of years. So uh, there you have the most important information because it was the axis of all data. It was like the central the the, the central of all computers. Um, So uh, what we did in Egypt, what I've been doing one year in Egypt, was to open in every day a gate for new data, new information for the self, to tune a network of people to resound with that information so we can all upload every day a bit more of that information to the network that is that was moving um and now the task is to download it to the new notes to the new places so people with the capacity and the resonance to receive that information eventually they will listen to it and start to do stuff
1: hmm. so um so It's got to be the most unique job description that someone can have. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) hilarious. I can only imagine when people ask you, "What do you do?"
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, to have a visa. Yeah, yeah. It's like, "What do you do for work?" Oh, I'm a portal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a portal that used to connect places.
1: (laughs) Do you actually answer like with that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Sometimes I did. Wow.
0: Um. So. So. Uh through all these years I've been doing that and I wasn't expecting for people to follow me, but I knew since I was 12 years old that I was supposed to talk to a lot of people that inside of them, they have the information in at least one of the cells of those people that were doing that before. So a lot of people that today, maybe they don't know about this, just their presence... Is helping because it's matching with the person Mm. that uploaded the information before. So, uh, um, uh, I sometimes uh, when we gather, I said, um, uh, two main things. Um, We are not here for you, I'm sorry. Mm. (laughs) And um, um, we are using you (laughs) (laughs) because you are the plugs, you know. So, you know, every person is a unique plug. To receive a specific information, and uh, and that plug must be unique mm. for that certain information. Mm-hmm. So we should not be all the same, so we could download specific data. So that's why I'm trying to during the whole year of the I am that I was in Egypt. I went to the pyramid every day, and um, I received some information. I give it to the people through writing and explaining it, and um, but. Uh, I thought it would be like huge uh, data for the future and actually turn out to be uh, talk about the process of understanding because every understanding, every layer of the being that we were uncovering during the, the that helped people to break the system that they got to go to the core of the heart. And when they did that, um, the task that we did all together was perfect. Because uh, when you work in yourself, trying to understand every layer of who you are, uh, you become the machine. It's it's that's what we did in Atlantan times. Mm. Every person was the uh, was a specific part of an engine that was a planet. Mm. So if you don't know yourself and your own potential, the machine doesn't work. Mm. So I, that's something that I understood. These this year in Egypt, every time going to the pyramid, like I was concerned uh, about politics, about how we can change technology. We can do that and that. And and they said, you are the technology. You're just looking for something outside because you forgot the perfect tool you are. Yeah. So you have to understand every layer of how it is to be a human uh, in order to awaken the potential of that machine. Mm. So,
1: and you have, you've had like, What's the largest gathering you've hosted out there? In Egypt? Yeah. 3,000 people. And you guys are going in the pyramids, outside, around?
0: Uh, We were doing a concert, a musical concert, because in Egypt to meditate is forbidden. Mm. Um, And we were 3,000 people doing illegal stuff in public. Um, Mm. (laughs) So (laughs) we did it. uh, Everyone knew what we were doing. But um, uh, we created a concert, a musical concert with... Activities and dancing and stuff, and it was beautiful because all the uh, all the activities were related to to the self. Yeah. And um, during the nights, uh, I received a thousand five hundred people inside the pyramids, a hundred people every two hours, from nine a.m. nine p.m. till seven a.m. So I, I I've been three or four nights in a row inside the Great Pyramid receiving people. Um, And uh,
1: doing activations. Every
0: person represented a node of the planet, a place, a specific place. And they were divided in groups that represented a code in the Atlantean tradition through a sound. So let's say the sound, ah, it was a specific information represented the spirit, the portals, um, the higher level of, the spirituality A, another group M, Ma, and so on. So all the ABC of the Atlantean alphabet that represented different aspects of the divine. Uh, so it was a group of 32 people for each letter. So mm-hmm. 45 groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the each person represented a note with that sound. So when they got it, uh, and there was groups of three that got inside so 32 32 32 all together the 99 people um representing uh that specific information from the physical the emotional and the mind so all the three together cre- created like an engine inside the pyramid and when the beings were coming through me they were guiding how to open that information and they became the plugs so It was like a perfect engine inside the Great Pyramid. and It was a task of three days in a row. Whoa. Yeah.
1: And you feel like, so the beings were coming through you and you felt like a channel, like an empty vessel in which you were kind of being used for this purpose. I was open. So you don't even feel like you were really there? No. Just a
0: few moments. Yeah. Yeah. The rest, it was all other beings. Sometimes they came speaking other languages, sometimes in English, sometimes in Spanish, through me because... The languages that i know and uh, um and they were guiding everything and and making us do the sounds the right sounds the movement everything to to open that and uh, and there were incredible experiences that i cannot transmit (laughs) it's it's just you have to live it
1: yeah what's been is there something that comes to mind when you think of like the most quote-unquote unbelievable experience of your life and while like where like a miracle is happening in front of your eyes and it's like you're witnessing something your human mind can't even comprehend um and has there been moments where other people have been also witness to that and can you share one with us
0: yeah there there were many but there in egypt for example um every time that i do a gathering like that rains and in egypt never rains Mm. and it rained a lot Mm. that day um when we were opening the gates to yeah. receive everyone, uh, the wind, the storm, everything came. And we were talking about the elements, receiving the elements, and and it rained. Uh, that day, it rained what it never rains, in, uh, what it should rain the whole year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all in that day, and uh, that we all experienced. And there was a crazy, a crazy thing that I don't understand yet, um, <laughs> how it happened from many um and it was in england um i was with a group of 45 people i guess um and we were in a in a temple in the middle um in a stone circle in the middle of england and um someone gave me as a gift um, a stonehenge or no 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 different different one so someone gave me as a gift like um cloak you Mm. say okay yeah um uh, because that we were talking about the merlin and stuff and mm. it was fun uh-huh. so it was cold during the night so i i wore i wore it and um i took some stuff for the temple and and i put some things to 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 clean the energy of everyone when they got inside and, and so on so i was preparing everything as matthias as me i'm like okay this here this there and suddenly while the people were coming i stopped being me and this druid came into me and he started to do the stuff, but I wasn't in control, so I had no idea what he did. Uh, and I, I, I stopped doing the stuff, and he received everyone, and when everyone was there, he he grabbed the thing, the the pot where I put all the herbs and stuff and uh, and of course, in that moment, that guy. Uh, inside uh, wouldn't say anyone a match (laughs) (laughs) uh, and um, he just got staring like this and said light and (laughs) the fire just with many colors appear and and with this face like nothing (laughs) he start to you know like clean everyone and everyone were like what just happened (laughs) you know the next day they were like what did it just happen? Did you did you had a match or something? When? I said, no. I, I I don't remember. It was like something that I never experienced something like like that, so physical mm. that this druid just said, Okay, there's no fire and light. Mm. So that was something that all of them and also the bus driver was there. <laughs> Which we had no, idea. I had no idea that he was there, but he was like, he was crazy. <laughs> the other day was like, what did happen yesterday? Because it was like a very weird ceremony, everything happening, like everyone singing, nobody guiding everything, but it was a very druid thing. And all the magic that happened with the fire and everything. So the bus driver was like, I had no idea what I was what I was doing there, but suddenly it was the most magical night in my life. Wow. <laughs> so he thinks he thanked it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because,
1: oh dang. That's yeah. that's wild.
0: Yeah, that was fine.
1: <laughs> I just classically <laughs> Starting fires, uh, yeah. Speak it into existence.
0: As, as a, if I try it again, I don't. I don't think it would. I would be able. Don't do it to. here. We have lots of flammable <laughs> things yes. in the
1: studio. Yeah, but um,
0: everyone knows in my gatherings. Everyone, even if they say it would be sunny, uh, everyone brings raincoats. Hmm. So, so it's like a signature. Make it of rain. My things, yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. So so interesting i'm so fascinated just by these mystical accounts and um yeah man thank you so much for sharing and doing this work it's like a lot of it is just so it's not able to really be comprehended because you're doing a lot of things that are without um typical understanding of how i've grown up or how most people are hearing this have grown up but yeah um it feels authentic from you coming i don't see somebody as somebody that's like trying to lie to garner uh, a prestigious identity in in the world it seems very much mm-hmm. like you're you and that you're authentic and the way that you express it is very true for you and um when it's I just s-
0: that i don't care if people believe me yeah i'm just doing my job and yeah. <laughs> and eventually uh, someone else will take my place and uh, Mm. um so i i always i was always concerned of doing what i i'm supposed to do but uh i i always say i'm working for the earth so i don't care if people is following me yeah um or or not or believe me because uh, a lot of people say how can you prove what you do how can right. you how can you prove this is true is uh, i i don't care yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah i don't really care there's other people to prove stuff mm. <laughs> so my job is to be electrician,
1: <laughs> quite the electrician you are. Um, all right, so before we kind of wrap this up, there was just one thing earlier, and when we were talking about raising your vibration, and I love kind of bringing this back into practical things that people can apply in their life. Outside of like we spoke to the perspective shift in that seed that's planted in a lot of people that have been listening to this, that in its own will be very profound and mm-hmm. and transformational. But what are physical things that we can do, perhaps with our breath, with our sound, with the tools that we've been given to us in this human vessel that you found have been most impactful and transformative for people to cultivate, refine, utilize that most people are underutilizing or misusing?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I always say that there are three things that you have to have in mind all the time uh, when you are trying to transform yourself or to become more aware of anything. And there are three basic tools, one for the body, one for the soul, and one for the mind um, or the spirit. Mm. So they are very easy and very complicated at the same time. And I guess they are um, very useful because um, all the rest of the things that I could possibly say, there are some people that won't feel anything or it won't change anything for them Mm. Um, because it depends on the person but um, so for the body the first thing is the way you eat what are you eating is what you become that's easy to say Mm -hmm. Um, so um, some people need to be grounded so because maybe they are levitating so much there so what you eat helps you to ground if you are vegetarian eat more roots Mm -hmm. um potatoes yeah uh, carrots i don't know Uh, roots to make you root Uh, um meat too why not the problem here is that people commercialize everything and but some people have been designed to need the energy from other beings that's a that's not a moral problem um when it it's about information um so I would recommend for everyone to listen really, their bodies and not their minds when it's about food. Mm. Uh, their bodies, your body knows exactly what it needs at any at every moment. sometimes is confused mm. because culturally you have put something that maybe it's not good, so it tries to reach it. But um, when you listen wisely, your body, um, the body will know what it needs. yeah,
1: um, so, um, depending it, upon like what you need to go through and like if you need more plants or fruits to support you on like exactly. spiritual realizations for example
0: if you're looking for um, enlightenment let's say of course you need things that use light to live so plants mm. plants, seeds, fruits that would help you to enlighten because they have the information of enlightenment mm. um, so of course as lighter you eat You will reach light. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are trying to manifest, you will need something much more heavier to manifest it here. It not necessarily has to be meat. It can be anything else that can root you. So, um, but it's important to listen that because the information that you receive goes straight to your cells. And your cells has the DNA of the information that will awake. So it, it depends on how you on which products you have inside your body to awaken a specific information in your cells. So then, any therapy that you do, anything that you will help you, but the food is the one that will make the difference. Yeah. Basically, is is that is what you become. Yeah. That's the body. So rethink the way you eat, the and what you eat. Um daily so the second one for the soul is how you breathe the breathing and this is related to the oxygen the way you breathe and how you breathe gives the most oxygen to the cells oxygen is the one that makes the chemical reaction in the cell to have energy so your cells will awake the energy the kundalini the enlightenment through the phosphorus of the dna because of the oxygen So when you breathe properly, when you breathe deep, you are helping the cycle of energy of your body to restore, which spiritually we call kundalini. So just by breathing, you're activating your merkaba. let's say. But you have to know how. Uh, Through the mouth is just for releasing and setting free some things that are stuck and you are healing. Because... The mouth is to eat, so it's not for breathing. So when you breathe through your mouth, it's because you are in need of something or you need to heal something. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to find balance, always through the nose. Always through the nose and as long as you can, breathe in, in as long as you can, hold in the air, as long as you can, breathe in, out. Um, that cycle is the one that enables the soul to circulate. Better inside the body, uh, which calms the emotions, finds the balance, activates the spirit. Spirit actually comes from a Latin word that means breathe. So who is a spiritual? The people that breathe. Mm. Inspiration, spirit, Mm -hmm. is that. Respiration is to come back to the spirit. It's basically that. Mm. So that's easy, but so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, to pay attention to that and the third one for the highest spirit for the mind is to laugh mm. um, laughter is something that uh, helps all the all the 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 brain the neuro, the neural system to um, to flow the energy to, to make the flow the, the mind to flow better through all the nervous system so when you laugh of yourself, of whatever, jokes, having fun, these kind of things, activates really fast the movement of the spirit in your body. Mm. Um, so the mind releases itself. And when you are able to laugh about yourself, that releases the personality. So you are like cracking the, the self in order to connect to the I am. So they're very easy. Food, breath, and laugh. Mm. Laughter. Um, those are the things mm. that all the rest is just the creation to mm. improve it, to do whatever. Mm. But, um, uh, and ev- anyone, everyone has to find its own way because yeah. that's, the, that's the good thing about downloading information or uploading information. We need differences. So it's not like we all have to do this or that way in order to become something. Right. So that's the multidimensionality mm. yeah.
1: beautiful thank you yeah i think those are very rooted practical things that everybody can benefit from by r- yeah. by refining and paying every more day. attention to <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah. you need them all day especially laughter we can use more of and how the over seriousness you know uh society has become beautiful is there anything else on your heart that you want to that you want to share about, about today
0: i don't know okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so i
1: um, anything also that you're, that you're creating right now, any offerings for the world for people that are listening, that have been hearing, you know, everything that we've been diving into today that want to learn more about you. One, where can people find you online? And then two, do you have any offerings or things that you're doing that people can plug into?
0: Well, we are um, this 2023, we are beginning with the idea of manifesting and university where uh, online and physical uh, eventually. Where people could go and uh, and teach, but our main goal is to uh, to cultivate the idea of a philosophical uh, social system called ontocracy. That's how I call it, mm. um, which is the power of the being. So my my future project is all about edu- educate people to create projects to change society. Um, so we will start with that in 2023 with our foundation in argentina and um well all the information that i usually share it's in my social media which is with my name Mm -hmm. in instagram and webs yeah which i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) it'll all be linked down in the description
0: yeah just follow my name yeah
1: (laughs) great amazing thank you so much today's conversation uh i mean he's got me thinking about so many different things and just even in preparation like researching some of the unique information wisdom that you share online is uh, a breath of fresh air and i feel like gives a lot of perspective and understanding to uh, things that people feel but they haven't maybe heard in Mm -hmm. a specific way and i feel like that's such a key is just to listen to that feeling follow that feeling so thank you so much
0: I hope it uh, it helps. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
1: All right, everybody that has been listening to this episode today, let us know your thoughts. Be curious to hear down in the description. Uh, Do us a quick favor and hit that subscribe button if you're into these types of conversations, which... Uh, I definitely am, and I'm excited to continue down this journey with you. Thank you for walking this path. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. Like I said, anywhere, everything that you can find, Matias, all the links are down in the description. And until next time, be well. Blessings.